Hey everyone, before we start today's episode, I want to take a moment and ask you to follow us on Twitter at ListenInPod. Also, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, basically get the word out however you can. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Let's start the show. Listening Podcast, episode 46. We're coming back. We had a strong week of content last week, Jake. We had a Bonnie Vare recap. We did our top 50 Beatles songs of all time. We're going to keep this one a little more compact. We're going to keep this a little more streamlined. We're going to try at least, although we have a tendency to, to struggle with that. We just said that we were going to keep our post-show ramblings that we record before the show to a compact amount of time, and they ended up being like probably twice as long as I expected. We ended up talking about how the NFL product is now shit. Yeah, so if you want to hear more about the NFL and how we're taking a chunk out of their market share on Thursday nights, <laughs> listen till the end of the episode. But the first thing we're talking about on today's episode... We get some news items. We do. One of which I'm very excited about. Bob Dylan, a uh, big friend of the pod, he won the Nobel Prize in Literature for his contribution to the American song tradition. So I had someone at work say this to me. They know I'm a big music fan. They know I like Bob Dylan. Big they're friend of the they're like, hey, Sean, did you see Bob Dylan won a Nobel Prize? Very interesting. Usually I get all my news through Twitter. This was an old-fashioned word-of-mouth yep. kind of, hey, this was this, it was cool. It's a different type of experience. Yeah. So I'm like, really? Like, for what? And, and she said literature. So to me, I was like, oh, Bob Dylan's written books before. Like, yeah. what? I was like, for what? She's like, his songs. And I was like, yeah. oh, I feel like an idiot. But How um, many people do you think are out there who are making the argument like, like, songs don't count as literature? Okay. It's like, first of all, you're not open-minded enough <laughs> to be having a discussion about the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, I mean, when you really break it down it is for poetry really is, yeah, is what it is it's yeah. who whose lyrics are better than bob dylan's and to that point whose poetry is better than bob dylan's lyrics not many i mean like i'm not w- totally well versed in poetry but i remember in high school uh in sophomore year we were doing poem poetry explication big shout to miss sears miss sears big friend of both of us and the pod and the pod um <laughs> And um, it's a big sponsor. I wrote a response paper comparing Bob Dylan to Emily Dickinson, mm. in that they were both very prolific writers. Both wrote like hundreds to thousands of, of uh, poems or songs. So in that respect, po- Dylan is like a really prolific poet. He has books and books of his songs. Like there are some Bob Dylan songs, pe- like that the biggest Dylan fan will probably never hear. Yeah, because he has so much material. Also, I like that kind of masturbatory monologue about how smart you are comparing Dylan to Emily Dickinson. I, I like that. I think the listeners appreciate it. Well, hold on. No, hold on. Really, all I was trying to do was lay the framework and the groundwork for how far back our Dylan no, fandom no, I understand. goes. Back to, like, for me, I was 15 years old when I really got into it. It was actually thanks to you. you. You lent me Blonde on Blonde, bringing it all back home, Highway 61 Revisited. Also, fun fact... Okay, you you lent me Blonde on Blonde. Yeah. I remember I had it. I was like, this this is awesome. This album cover is really cool. I was going down my basement stairs. I've never told you this before. I was going down my basement stairs to put the CD into my computer CD player. And for whatever reason, like I opened it up, the CD comes exploding out of the case. Yeah, It falls down the entire length of the stairs slams against the wall. And this is back when like CDs were your life. It's like what I if had, you yeah. scratched it, you were done. You were fucked. And I'm like, oh my god, like this CD's now gonna be ruined. Jake's gonna kill me. This is before we were like like We like, didn't we didn't we, record a podcast together. Uh, we'll right, put it that way. Right, we didn't live together. Right. Um and I was like, oh my god. And I looked, it was a little scratched. I was really? like, Really? This it, is all news. I'm going to need a minute to, to process uh, yeah, this. I don't actually care. Yeah, I put it into the CD player. It it ripped to the computer. It was fine. Gave it back to you. Didn't say a word because I was a shitty 15-year-old. A little scared. And wouldn't own up to it. A little yeah, scared of, of, of the wrath of yes, Jake. Yes, of course. Yeah, you know what? You have uh, my forgiveness. I come. I came clean on the pod, though. You did, and honestly, in front of you know the eyes of the world. That's right. The ears I mean, of we the are world. Taking, we are taking viewers away from the NFL. Yeah, so. back to football. So... Speaking of Bob Dylan, we got thinking, what are some of our favorite 
Bob Dylan songs and Bob Dylan albums. Now we didn't do this in a methodical way like we did with the Dylan, uh, with the sorry the Beatles songs, um, but we both compiled quick lists. So actually, first let's talk our top five favorite Bob Dylan albums, and we can do this pretty quick because I think we have a lot of similarities. I, I think I think the top four is the same, and it might differ a little on our fifth. But our, our number one is Highway sixty one. Yeah, we were in That's agreement easy. on that. It's easy. That entire album is basically just hit after hit after favorite song for it's us. It's like perfect. Just it's the, so good. the general vibe of it, the mood of it. You can't like like Rolling Stone, Desolation Road, yep. just like Tom Thumbs Blues, Takes a Lot to Laugh, Tombstone Blue. It's like the whole track list, you could say any of them. And when could we were be rank- someone's favorite. Yeah, and when we were ranking the songs, I was like, I could put every single song from Highway Sixty One uh-huh. on here and realistically, if I'm in the right mood, put it in my top five. Yep, absolutely. Perfect album. Can we agree bringing it all back home comes in at number two? Yeah, that's my second favorite. I think the consensus pick from the critical community is Blonde on Blonde. I would agree, which is actually our number three. So it's right there. It's right up there. I would say the reason why I like bringing it all back home better. You have the strength of Subterranean Homesick Blues. You have the introduction to the electric folk of Dylan. You got Maggie's Farm. Maggie's Farm's up there. Bob Dylan's 115th Dream, which is kind of this crazy story that that he became known for. I was writing on the Mayflower. That's right. And then on the second half, he goes back and he he gives you his strongest output of just the acoustic folk songs. You have... Tambourine Man. It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. It's All Right, Mom, Only Bleeding. Gates of Eden. These are strong, strong kind of... They have that protest element to them, but they're getting into that more abstract, out the abstract yeah. lyrical content. The lyricism. Uh, Love Minus Zero is a beautiful song. She Belongs to Me is a beautiful song. Subterranean Homesick Blues um, is one of his coolest songs. It's like a forebearer of rap almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but have you ever seen the interview that Bob Dylan did with 60 Minutes? And he's talking about, like, he's get, he's answering the way only Bob Dylan can. What year is this? It probably came out, like, 2005. Interesting, okay. So he's older. And he's being asked, he's like, so, like, what do you, when you hear lyrics from that era, from that early era, like, what do you, how, uh, do you, wh- wh- how does that feel to you? And he's like, he's like, I, I don't even know, like, when I hear those lyrics, he's like, darkness on the edge of, darkness at the break of noon. Eclipses both the sun and moon, the handmade blade, the child's balloon. He's like just <laughs> reciting them. I'm doing a terrible Dylan, but old man Dylan in this interview is just saying the lyrics. He's like, he's like, I don't even know who wrote that. He's like basically that to that effect. He's like, I don't even know like how you come up with that. And he's like, could you do? Would you even try? And he's like, no. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's like he channeled black magic. It's or something. seriously soul to soul to the devil. Yeah. It, it's interesting that Bob Dylan, of all people, would go on 60 Minutes. Dude, Dylan does this some weird bastion shit. of like conservative news, like, I feel like, 60 like minutes news is magazine. More or less, just sort of centrist. Yeah, it feels very conservative Does only it? because I think it's my old school, my old, like lots of old people watch it, and my dad, my dad would always watch it. So yes. I'm just like, oh, oh, it's conservative, right? I think it's more like I think it's more down the middle. But he also did this weird shit, like he was in that commercial playing guitar, That's, for like yeah. a car commercial. Or Dude, something. was it like a Chrysler commercial? Like Detroit's coming back. Have you heard Bob Dylan? It might have been. Have you heard Bob uh, Barack Obama's story about meeting Dylan? No, he's like he came to play at the White House. This was so. I, this is in the last eight years, right? And he's like, so it's old Dylan. He's like, he came to play at the White House. He didn't want to come before. He didn't rehearse. He just showed up. Um, didn't want to take any pictures with anyone. Played his set, tipped his cap, and like left. That's so Dylan. And that's what he said. He's like, that's what you want from Dylan. He's like, you want him to be a little skeptical about the whole thing, yes. and you want him to be yeah. in and out, and you want him to just do his thing and yep. be this like. Cri- what do you think is up with... I know we're getting into the weeds a little bit on him, but what do you think is up with him? Dude, I think... What is his deal? I, Does he have, like, Asperger's, maybe? Uh, I'm not even kidding. No, 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 I don't think so. I think at this point in his life, he's like, I've done everything. I only... It's like when you stop caring about what other people think because you're like, I'm so comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And just... I know everything I do is just what I want to do. That's where he's at right now. I feel like he's always been a dude, though, like his entire life, who's just re- like very strange socially. And I think that's just that genius factor. Yeah. It's just the factor of like, if you're such a genius, you have to get docked in the in the social category. Right, right, right. right. I feel like he's never been be a, like dude a normal dude who's just like normal to hang out with. Right. I feel like no one ever leaves hanging out with Bob Dylan feeling normal. Mm. Or like fulfilled emotionally. Right. And that's not to belittle. I'm not making fun of anyone with Asperger's or anything. I was actually being serious. Because yeah. some like geniuses 
no matter what your genius is, whether it's like Mad Max or whatever, will socially have almost no skills. Yeah, that's a good point. That's he seems point. like kind of a weird dude. But yeah, anyway, so we, that's three albums in. Uh, yeah. Okay, so third <laughs> is Blonde on Blonde. Number four, I, you and I both love Desire. Yeah. Desire, yeah. It's, uh, it's his 1976, I think. Six offering. So it's a controversial um, pick because that comes out right around the same time as Blood on the Tracks, his famed breakup album that is always near the top of Dylan That's right. List. Yeah, so so Blood on the Tracks came out in 75. Yep. Desire comes out in 76. Um, I would say it's an example of something that is objectively worse, but I've always liked better. I Desire, something about it. You and I, ISIS, Hurricane, yep. trigger warning on ISIS, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Excuse me, everybody. Um, Hurricane, Black Diamond Bay, Sarah, which is, I think, more heartbreaking than any song that's actually on Blood on the Tracks, which yeah. is the album about his divorce yeah. to his wife, Sarah. You could argue Joey is a misstep. Joey's a misfire. The 11-minute Joey. is Joey. a misfire. Although, you know, when we talk about our number five album here, so, you know, to recap, we have Highway 61 at number one, Bring yeah. It All Back Home at two, Blonde on Blonde at three, Desire at number four. We're both locked in. We're in complete agreement yeah, on that top yeah, four yeah. number five starts to get could go in a lot of places depending little, on yeah, mood hazy. if i'm in the right mood blood on the tracks is coming in at number five mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. if i'm in more of an early stage i want complete folky bob dylan like protest song bob dylan i'm going freewheeling yep freewheeling bob dylan or i could make the argument of in that transitionary period he's about to make the step toward electric um Another side of Bob Dylan. Those are the three that would sneak into my top five, too. I'm not totally sure which I want to rank number five. And if I'm, if I'm feeling crazy, Nashville Skyline could even if, sneak if, in. If you're feeling a little country. Little, yeah. Little, <laughs> yeah, if I'm, yeah. If I'm feeling a little country. If you've had a few uh, butt, butt heavies. Yeah, if I'm out with and a you, red solo cup. Yeah. Although that, that would get, like, probably booed out of a party like that. That's true. But anyways, Nashville Skyline I also really like. It's not... I don't think as good as those. If I had to pick one of those... Probably go with Blood on the Tracks if I had to just pick one. I know, because I think objectively Blood on the Tracks is better than both of those. It's probably objectively better Better, than Desire. It is. It is. Everyone says it's those four. It's Highway, Blonde on Blonde, Bring It All Back Home, Blood on the Tracks. Those are the four. We've always been just a little bit lower on Blood on the Tracks. But I think, too, this is something we bring up all the time. As we get older, we start to like these emotionally resonant, kind of mature albums more. We talked about Benji by Sun Kill Moon before. I think Blood on the Tracks is another one of those albums where... You start to get a little bit older, you start to like an album like that a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. And as we were just talking about Dylan before the show, I realized that a lot of his lyrics resonate more with age. So like, uh-huh. we got into Dylan as teenagers, yep. pretty young, 15, yep. 14, whatever it was. Um, and you just don't have the context of living some life. I can only imagine how much more Dylan must mean in your 40s when you've oh. seen some shit and stuff's been rough here and there and like... You've lived a little bit more life, and it's like just abstract enough, and it's just painful enough. I feel like it would be nice. So here's my only other question, Sean: um, Which of his '80s Christian albums makes your top five? Well, is it is it Shot of Love? No, is I'll it t- Save. I'll tell you what. My it's got to be Infidels, right? It could be Infidels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Empire Burlesque. Which so knocked out, loaded? Which ones are the actual Christian albums? Uh, the I, actual Christian albums are obviously saved. Saved. I know that Shot of Love is. I one. think Slow Train Coming is actually a sneaky. That might be the first one. It is. I think it is. I, I think those are actually that's considered the trio. Yeah, it of is. Like of eighties. Slow Dylan, Train Coming saved and that came out in seventy nine. Infidels. Yeah, Where's Shot of Love fall in there though? My, fun, Shot of Love is the third one. F- oh okay, but a- dude, 81. with a title like Infidels, you'd think. Also, fun, funny, funny story. When I was like 18, 19 years old and was really first starting into getting like a record collection going. Yeah. My mom knew that I liked Bob Dylan. Um, she went to like the local record store. They had like a, a bargain bin. Bin. She comes back with Shot of Love. <laughs> have I have sh- No, I've never listened. We should do this sometime. We should listen to Shot of Love. Yep. Have you ever listened? No. Okay. We're going to listen to Shot of Love on vinyl. And we're going to give it, like, a actual review. All I know is that I'm looking at the track list right now, and I see that track three is called Property of Jesus, and I see that track four is called Lenny Bruce, who is, like, a famed stand-up comedian, uh, pioneer of stand-up. So I don't know. That's going to be a wild ride if we listen to that. 44 minutes. 
Dude, wow. we got okay. I'm excited to do this. This is gonna be fun. It's gonna be crazy. I feel like listening to a bad Dylan album is like a fun experience. Yeah, now. Yeah, there's yeah. something to enjoy about that. We're gonna do it. It's gonna yeah. be great. All right, um, uh, that's gonna actually be like a birthday present that had it took a long time to pay off. Yep, but it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Big shout to to Mama. So Hat. we did our top five albums. Let's do a top five songs really quick. You start us off. All right, I'll rattle off my top and, five. And keep in mind, listeners, we are not. It's too hard to rank this one through five. So yeah. we're just gonna give you a collection of five each essential Bob Dylan songs that both of us love. What what's your five? Also, really quick, I think we're a little bit ratings shy because we just did yeah. an exhaustive Beatle ranking yeah. um, that included a spreadsheet and like weighted average scores. Yep. Um, so with this one, we just picked Keeping a bunch light. of nominees and picked five. So my five are Desolation Row from Highway 61, Like a Rolling Stone from Highway 61, Positively Fourth Street, which was a single that came out around that same time. I'm gonna go Isis yep. from uh, Trigger, Trigger Warning. Warning. Um, from, uh, what's it called? Desire. Desire. And I'm going to go It's All Over Now, Baby Blue Oof. from uh, Bringing It All Back Home. That's right. Okay. We overlap on three of these. I also Compelling have... Compelling radio. I also have Like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> Embrace debate. <laughs> because, I mean, hey, when Rolling Stone magazine puts this as the number one song of all time on their list, like... You kind of you kind of have to have it in your top five. Maybe a little songs. nepotism because uh, their name is in the song. I always thought that. I was like, are you doing like a little uh, wet the thing beak here? thing here? What's the deal with Rolling Stone as like a thing? It's in I the most famous song of all time. Know. It's in the most famous band of all time's I don't name. Know. It's in this magazine. Mama state. was a Rolling Stone or Papa was a Rolling Stone. I don't know. Find a different. I don't word know what that's all music about. Music people. Uh, I also have Positively Four Street. I also also have It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. A little lispy. Yeah. My last two, which are different from Jake, I have Visions of Johanna, mm. which is from Blonde on Blonde. It's the third track on there. It's, you know, if I had to rank it, it'd be at one or two for favorite Dylan songs. Ooh. And here's a wild card for you. Just like Tom Thumb's Blues, which is also from Highway 61 Revisited, this one, big emotional resonance with me. This was always one that's been one of my favorites. Had to sneak into my top five. We so, just played it and sang along together. We did. Nice. We did. Um, speaking of emotional resonance, uh, quick story that I've told you before. There are only two songs ever that I've fallen asleep listening to music and woken up crying to. Because and so uh, this isn't me being a big tough guy. This is just trust tree stuff. Trust I don't, tree. I don't cry very much for some reason. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I wish I did because I like crying. It's a good I, release. It's yeah. an awesome release. I love to cry. Don't cry almost ever. Yeah. I wish I did more. But twice in my life, I've cried when I woke up from a, like sleeping and I've been tearing up. So one song that that happened to was Happy Christmas War Is Over by John Lennon. <laughs> the other is It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. And I so that's not the reason it's in my top five, because I just love that song in general. The like the lyrics like... Um, the sky too is... What is it? Falling... Uh, no, the, the floor... What, what is it? The... The carpet too is coming out from under you or whatever. Yeah, something like that. The, that this is compelling radio. Us fumbling <laughs> trying over to, the lyrics. Trying to remember Dylan lyrics. Oh, it's one of my favorites ever. What's that f one lyric I like? <laughs> no, but I, I woke up in tears to it, which is a sort of a weird memory. And that's yeah. just hey, we're under the shade of the trust tree. Trust tree. tree. We we did a couple of trust tree things last week. We did. We did. Any trust tree for you? Uh, no, because uh, no. I'm not lame. I would never cry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I wish I could cry more too. Uh, okay. I'm going to find that lyric. Quick quick other couple news items here. We have a new Cloud Nothings song released and the announcement that they are coming out with a new album in January of 2017. So Cloud Nothings, Jake, back in 2012, uh, what was the name? Uh, Attack on Memory was mm -hmm. one of our favorite albums of the year from 2012. Uh, they came out with another album in 2014, which... I think I liked a little bit more than you did. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited about this new album. Dylan Baldy, the lead singer songwriter of Cloud Nothings, has come out and he said that he wants to focus more on actually singing. He said when the band first started that he wasn't comfortable with his singing voice, so he did a lot of yelling, uh, screaming. He shied away from doing some actual melodic singing. He said on the last album he tried to do a little bit more of that. But he said, we're not going to be playing as aggressively um, this time around on the new album because where I was at in my life when I wrote the last two records was very different from where I'm at now. Things have kind of slowed down. I'm in a more positive place. 
So that's reflected in the songwriting. And based on the 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 first single that came out, which is called Is it Modern Act? Modern Act. Um I can totally see that. It's a little more melodic. It's the vocals aren't as harsh. Um it's like a good mix of kind of like a pop punk kind of indie rock. Yeah, thing going on here. I really, really like it. I so I've only heard it the one time we listened to it together, and I yeah. I liked that it to me sort of at least on first listen echoed some of the more melodic stuff that they were doing on that first record, like "Cut You." Technically, like, they're second. Oh yeah, sorry. People forget that. Yeah, yeah. I always think of "Attack on Memory" as their as their first. Have you ever listened to their I actual haven't. first? I haven't. I guess it's I haven't either, but I guess it's like. Like kind of dream pop or something. Yeah, it's different. Very different. It's supposed to be different. Anyways, Attack on Memory, which is the first album of the modern Cloud Nothings era. Yeah. Um. So I think this song reminded me of the way he was singing it, and the more melodic song, um, singing style you were describing reminds me of some of those songs like Cut You and Fall In and stuff like that. The less aggressive side of Cloud Nothings. Yeah. Um. But still like a decent rock edge to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to it. This is this is gonna be one of our early 2017 albums that comes out that we start the new spreadsheet yeah. with yep. and start ranking. It's gonna be early in that that 2017 spreadsheet. Very exciting. Is, yeah. So this is good news. Speaking of potential new 2017 albums. Mm. A band we've talked about a lot on this show, Jake. Japan Droids. They are back on tour for their for a mini fall tour. They did a four night stand in their hometown of Vancouver, and they've been playing some new songs. So these have leaked out on the internet, on YouTube over the past week or so. Um, there's a couple different songs. One of them is called "No Known Drink or Drug," which is such a Japan Droids it name. Is, yeah. Uh, there's a couple other ones out there. That was the one that stuck out to me. And so, I, oh, sorry, so, I, so I've listened to a couple of these songs. Uh, granted, a band like Japan Droids, very loud. Um, it's not going to come through great on just a phone recording speaker. They don't sound great live. I get the, the feeling that in a studio context or in a cleaned up context, these are actually going to be awesome songs. Um, I'm excited about this. Just the fact that they are making new music where... I remember a few months ago we were saying maybe they just never come out with anything again. So I'm excited for the fact that they're touring, they have new material, we're probably going to get something from them in the next year. Yeah, it's exciting news because um, there was a lot of talk about whether or not they were going to be kind of like a Sex Pistols situation or one of these bands that comes out with one or a couple records, never does again, kind of leaves their mark. And then we had discussed also the question of whether or not that would be better. Like, is it better to leave a little bit and have it all be great and then sort of ride off into the night at the at your peak yep. or is it better to come back so i think they they're well within the amount of time where like that like this is not that big a, it's 4 years 4 years which not feels terrible. like a lot but i so i'm excited too and i i also i didn't listen to these songs because when i went looking um, I saw that they were live, and like you said like i i just knew that i wouldn't want to hear them that way for the first time yeah. uh so yeah, I I haven't heard them yet. I'm gonna wait for like an official release. Have they announced officially an album? No, nothing, nothing. So nothing. No, they just have new songs. It's only been this like mini fall tour that they're doing. I feel like there, there's got to be something. There, there has. Oh, they yeah. There's got to be something coming. Would you be disappointed? Because I like Japan Droids a lot. I feel like you're the bigger Japan Droids fan of the two yeah. of us. Would you be disappointed if they just put out like an EP, four song EP? No, no, I wouldn't. I would be very excited. I'd be excited for anything new Japan Droids. Well, I would too, yeah. Would I rather have a full-length album? Yes. Do would you, I still be happy with an EP? Yes. Question two. Whatever the album is, do you hope it follows in the album cover oh, tradition yes. of black cover with the lettering and like them just in a picture of the two of them? Yes. Yes. I really, really hope it does. Because we've talked about this before, but one of my favorite things is when bands follow patterns yes. with their album art. Like Vampire Weekend using yep. the same font throughout. Yes. Um, or just stuff like that I really love. Like, yes. Like album covers that follow a sort of pattern. Completely like they're agree. a book series or Completely something. Completely agree. Need it. Need that to happen again. If they don't, I think that's a misstep. What if they came out with an album cover that was like all colorful and just like this art? Like art I would immediately assume the album's not as good. Yeah. I would be like, ooh, what are you doing, Japan Droids? Um, there is an element to this where it's a band that means a lot to me emotionally. Yeah. Where you're a little afraid 
that whatever they come out with next just isn't going to live up to It's actually impossible to live up to what they actually mean to you. Well, especially Celebration Rock, and that's yeah. what I mean when I say, like, is it better to, like, ride off at your peak, or is it better to come back? Is this, Could this be right. a Jordan on the Wizard situation? Yeah, I know, I know. Would it have been better to just get their sixth ring and get out of there? Jordan and Japan Droids is not a fully fleshed out analogy because... I don't think Japan droids have reached the greatness that Jordan did in basketball. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, interesting all the same. So we, uh, we'll keep you posted, listeners, on Japan droids. I'm sure this is going to be a major topic in 2017 for us that we dive into. I'm sure we'll do a full episode on Japan droids, oh, if we, and when. We definitely will. And the thing is, is like, even though I'd say you like Japan droids more uh, than I do... Overall, I have come to love Celebration Rock because when it came out four years ago, I was like not totally into it for the first couple months. And then you had it on playlists constantly Mm -hmm. at this house. Ooh, Shock Jock's on the lamb. (laughs) Sirens going. Uh, He just can't stay out of trouble. Um, You had it on rotation all the time at this house we rented with some friends. Um, And so I've ever since like... It's been a perfect soundtrack to any party situation. Right, Anytime right. we're playing like a drinking game or right, root or something, right. if a song from that comes on, it's just instant nostalgia Absolutely. for that time. Absolutely. So yeah, that, and that's another thing too, really quick, is that they're a band that that captures nostalgia for me. New when when a band is tied in really tightly with nostalgic feelings, new anything by them is tough to. It is. It to is. Meet, you know I what know, I mean? It's hard. It's really really hard and. I think with bands like them, like with beach, like beach slang is a yep. good example of them. Do you feel like I am more inclined to be really into those bands than you are? Yeah, there's I no doubt. I feel like that's been the pattern. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. It, if it's a band that has it's it, more bombast and more like giddy up and like I, well, if they're about partying. Perfect example. I made a playlist on Spotify that's just called "Oh Yeah!" Exclamation point. All right, yeah. exclamation point, which is, of course, a Japan droids little, lyric. little nod to Japan droids. That's right. What, and it's the, all songs be. like that. You know, you got your beach slangs in there. Yeah. You got people like Pup in there. You know, songs like that. Well, I certainly... I think I love Pup as much as you. Yeah. Something about... It's it's mostly beach slang that I like less than you. Mm. I like I definitely have listened to Japan Droids less, but I like them more than I like beach slang. But yeah, something about that general vibe, that I, definitely you're on that corner yeah. more yeah, than I am. For sure. For but sure. I... But, in the right context, not much can beat it. That, if uh, if you're true. in the right setting that's and true. it comes on at the it's right time, there's not much Right better. place, right time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of right place, right time, Jake, we had a new album come out by Joyce Manor this past Friday. It's like a 5 out of 10 segue. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of right place, right time, Cody by Joyce Manor came out this past Friday. So my first general thought about this, I was very excited. I loved the singles. I loved Fake ID. I love that's the last you'll you'll you've heard of you've heard last of, you've, last heard, you've of heard of me. Mm-hmm. It came out. I listened. I was like, this is good. Yep. Uh, didn't necessarily live up to what I wanted it to be. This week, as as we've listened more, I've come around on it, yep. and I'm like, this is actually awesome. It's not exactly what I was expecting or it's not in the same vein necessarily as never hung over again it's good in its own way though it has more production it has more sort of sheen to it um than never hung over again the songs are longer in general which is not a hard bar for for them to have met because you just have to write songs that are longer than 80 seconds (laughs) and you can do it um, there's a song on here that's four minutes, which right. is like fucking Bohemian Rhapsody for them. <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, dude, it, it's like in my time of dying. Yeah, by right, seriously. The funny thing is about Bohemian Rhapsody, that's only five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. It feels longer. The Anyways, name lends itself to yeah. thinking that it's a long song. And to, and to the joke I was making. Right. But, um, you know, little, that's just a little behind the scenes for the listeners. Just, <laughs> just, just us, us explaining jokes. Just breaking down jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I agree. The first two listens, I was like, this is good. I like the songs. I like the melodies. I was like, something about it feels a little more cliched, well, a little it, more it just tropish. It feels than, a lot cleaner. It feels a, That's what it is, I think. Yeah, it feels cleaner. But the as this week has gone by, the best thing about Joyce Manor has shown through, which is that there's always time to listen to a Joyce Manor album. Yes. If With this album, it's longer, but if you have 25 minutes, you can listen to this record. So I have a lot... And as a result, I've realized that I love all these songs. They're super catchy. It's awesome. Am I going to ever like it as much as Never Hung Over Again? Probably not. But 
I think it's going to sneak higher up in my year-end rankings than I ever thought on my first five listens. I completely agree with that. Um, for example, today I listened to Cymbals Eat Guitars and I listened to Joyce Manor. The one that I kept wanting to go back to was Joyce Manor. Yeah. And, it's... And, and, and if you look at what my initial reaction was to both of those on first, first listen, yeah. I would have said Cymbals Eat Guitars would, would be the better album. But that's flipped now. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how things shake out at the end of the year. Uh, but all I can say is this Joyce Manor album has been a bit of a grower. It's come around. Which is me. so weird for Joyce Manor. You'd think it would be just immediate. But something about it has washed over me more. And it, the melodies are pretty immediate too. Like I, There's no song in here that like needed to grow on me so much. But something about the album as a whole and just getting into the feel of it I really like every song on here. Yeah. Like, Fake ID is obviously awesome. 18 is super catchy. I love Angel in the Snow. Um, Do You Really Want to Not Get Better is probably like... It's like a minute 10. Yeah, it's like a minute 10, and it's sort of just this quiet little acoustic thing. Last you heard Big of me, Big shout my to uh, Phoebe Bridgers, who is featured on that song. We saw her live. She opened for Julian Baker Yep. when we saw her in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So, Big nice shout. little connection. Big friend of the pod. Um, Make Me Dumb I think is super catchy Over Before It Began is super catchy Reversing Machine we talked about um, Sounds more like Never Hung Over Again Than anything else mm-hmm. on the album Probably it's really short You know what might be my least favorite weirdly is Stairs That yeah. four minute song It's probably mine But I like it more than I did before Me too Me Like too. I've come to really like it And I love this song as a mess but so am I If you had to pick a favorite song Jake Or favorite two songs Give me, give me two songs on this that that are your favorites, that if you could only pick two, what are they going to be? Uh, I'm going to break your one rule, and I'm going to give you three. No. No, I am. Uh, I'm giving you Last You Heard of Me, I'm giving you Fake ID, and I'm giving you uh, Make Me Dumb. Okay. I'm going to follow my rule, Okay. and I'm going to say Fake ID, and I'm going to say Reversing Machine. Yep. Which, like you said to your point, sounds the most like never hung over again or it sounds most like old Joyce Manor one of my favorite moments on this album though is on fake ID when he goes yes when he goes freight elevator now we're really rocking yeah breaking my heart going window shopping every time I hear that lyric freight elevator now we're really rocking I I don't really fully know what it means but I think it's hilarious and awesome well, based on what he was saying in his interview with Stephen Hyden on the Celebration Rock podcast, big friend of the pod, everyone check that out if you can. Uh, Barry, lead singer in uh, Joyce Manor, was talking about how he put in the lyric uh, I th- uh, when he's talking about Kanye West. What do you think about Kanye West? Um, think he's better than John Steinbeck. And he was like, and then what, Ryan? He's like, Phil Hartman. Which he, doesn't rhyme, by the way. No, but he's like, it Barry. sounds good, and he's yeah. like, I just kind of left it. I feel like that lyric, the freight elevator, now we're really rocking. He's like, that probably that just sounds good, so I'm going to leave it in. It just sounds cool. It's over the top. I love it. Also, can we... Do you agree that the... I feel like Haydn and Ian Cohen, even a little bit, in writing about that Kanye West lyric, are people bumping that up too much to mean more than it is? Because Ian Cohen was describing it as like brilliant satire. And in hearing Barry Johnson talk about it, he was just like, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, well, Cohen said he's like, and this is how Cohen talks. And when, when you were writing this lyric, Barry. That's Haydn. Haydn, that's what I'm saying. You said Cohen. Oh, sorry. Haydn. When Haydn's talking, he, uh, you know, he talks like this. Yeah, he does. Takes so, a while to collect his thoughts. Big friend does. of the pod. He does. Big, you know, nice Midwest guy. Yeah. Um, when Packers fan, that's right. When he was interviewing him, he was talking. He was like, "So, was this kind of a commentary on how people, when they're talking about big pop stars now, they just speak in broad strokes, where they're like, they're the best or the greatest?" And he's like, "That's like exactly what I was trying to do. Like, you nailed yeah. it." So yeah, I think there's an element of it's but, a commentary on how people discuss pop music. And, but is it as brilliant as people seem no, to think it is? No, it's not. Especially like. No, and I think a part of this is, and God bless both of them, because these guys are the most vocal rock critics we have that defend this oh, I type love of both music. Of I do. I think they're trying to pump the tires of this genre and of yeah. this band a little bit. Yeah. Can you blame them, though? Because they, no, no. they don't get the credit that they deserve. So no. it's like they're trying to frame it in any way possible where yeah. they can say, 
yes, this is an important band for this reason. Yeah, because people mean, aren't going to pay attention otherwise. No, and I don't mean to take an unnecessary shot at either of them or the band or the lyric. I just meant I didn't fully get what was supposed to be so like sort of genius about that. I was like, yeah, it's funny. Right. Like, yeah, people bump up Kanye West. So what? Uh, like, yeah. Phil Hartman and John Snyder, like I get it. They're, you don't hear those names together too much, right? Why would you compare Kanye to them? Um, but I, I it, like I like it. It's definitely clever. I like that whole yeah. song and all the lyrics yeah. in it. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, it, honestly more of an inquiry than anything. I yeah, just didn't know yeah, if yeah. you knew if you like got what they meant more than I did. No, 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 not really. Uh, speaking of getting what you meant more than I mm. did, we're gonna wrap up today's episode by talking about our favorite fall albums and artists. Before we get into the actual albums and artists, I want to talk a little bit about why fall is such a great season mm. for, for music. So mm-hmm. you, if you've been listening to the podcast over the last few weeks, you've probably heard us talk about how good fall albums are, they're unrivaled, they're great. It's awesome to get into a record during fall. What do you think that is, Sean? What is it about the season that, the, that lends itself to that? So I think there's something about just fall in general. Mm-hmm. It's mu- I talk to everyone and they say fall's their favorite season. So, I mean, this is kind of, this might be different for people who don't live in the Northeast. I think fall in the Northeast, there's nothing better than it. Yeah. The air, the visuals, the crispness, just everything about it is great. So I think that by itself, your your senses are a little bit more heightened. You're a little bit more likely to just, you know, feel things than normal. And I think the music that comes out during that, it's complementing the activities that you're doing during fall. You usually find yourself outside, you find yourself doing fun things, going on car rides to apple picking or camping yeah. or you know hiking, doing whatever you might be doing outside. I think it's the fall itself, it just lends itself to fun activities. Mm-hmm. The music you're listening to heightens your enjoyment of those activities in an already great season. So I think it's all going hand in hand. Um, You know, I think if we loved the winter as much as we love the fall, the same thing would be happening. I think it's just because we already love the fall so much, we're associating the music that we listen to during it that much higher. I think uh, like part of the thing that it is for me also is that, yeah, I love the season fall. I love the weather. It's my favorite season also. But part of it is the type of mood that fall puts you in, the like slightly, like it's, you know, it's associated with death, it's associated with a little bit more reflective, you know, like the autumn years of something or it's that's later in life, it's sort of a more reflective time and, uh, you know, you want to huddle together for a little more warmth and something about the lyrics and sort of the feel of music around fall I feel like it, it's more reflective or something, or at least in my mind, I make it more sort of contemplative or like, I don't know, something about just that general feeling. Yeah. Um, it's hard to explain. It's like it trying is. to explain, because what it is really is a concoction of a million different feelings and yeah. memories, like sort of twisted into one. And, and senses. It could be smells. It yeah. could be sights. It could be sounds. It's everything combined into one. It's like if you try to describe like why like watching a football game on a Sunday afternoon is great. It's like, well, it's cuz your house is warm and the outside's a little cool and you there's the smell of the dead leaves and there's like the smell of food cooking mm-hmm. and there's the sounds of this and there's the sights of that. It's really all of that combined. It's why we love, you know, football and Thanksgiving or certain things during holidays. It's, we associate them with these good things. Yep. So naturally, we're going to do that with music as well. And that's one of my favorite things about music is that it's so easy to associate it with a time and a place or with feelings. Right, and that's what I'm realizing even right now is that words don't really do it justice because what it is is it's it's a very complex cocktail of feelings that are tied in with nostalgia, that are tied in with sort of emotions or moments in time that are happening to you. So it's very specific. But if I were to, I think what it is is that music that soundtracks fall well, that sounds sort of like fall, is music I'm more likely to enjoy than I think any other season. Like than summer especially. Completely. Even though I love a good summer song and a good summer album, the mainstays for me, the ones I'm going to keep coming back to, like fall is that music is more in my wheelhouse. One hundred percent. Before we get into what our favorite fall albums are. Let's talk quickly about what releases that have just come out in this September-October um, timeline 
what are going to be the ones that when we look back in a year or two are going to say, yes, that one embodies fall for me. That one's a great fall album. So I think we both are going to have a lot of the same ones. So I'll take two and then you take a couple. Sure. One I know for sure is is uh, the Bonnie Bear album. Yeah. There's no question. Yep. yep. Um, because it's just, I don't even know if it's necessarily fall sounding, but it you know it's one of my favorite albums to come out this season, so it's going to be in the discussion. Another for me, uh, that Touche Amore album, which I haven't listened to in a while, but when the weather was starting to turn a little bit, and I was outside, I was getting into that record, I listened to it a bunch of times over the course of one week, and it kind of like, just something about, like again, it's about death, and we've talked about this on the podcast, but something about that album kind of perfectly complemented it for me mm-hmm. at that time. Song title, New Halloween. Right, yeah, some, I don't know, in it, it, like, yeah, that's exactly it. I have two for you as well. So the first one, and this is this one might be more specific to me, although I think there is some fall-sounding elements to it is the new Nick Cave album oh, I'm Skeleton with you with that. Tree. Yeah. I think when that like droning kind of and then the deep voice comes in that is I, I think that one gets the award and we'll talk about this in a little bit it gets the Sun Kill Moon award yep. for like and that makes sense album you didn't really expect that just kind of takes a hold of you and you associate now with a time and a place that one's going to really do it for me the other one, too, and this is one that I think legitimately very much sounds like Fall, is Hamilton and Rostam, um, I Had a Dream That You Were Mine. I think the song In a Blackout embodies Fall to a T. It does. I think that's maybe one of the most Fall sa- songs I've ever heard with the finger-picked nylon guitar string. The minor chords. Yep. The uh, general melody. The y- sort of yeah. cold sound of yes. it all. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I think the pedal steel that shows up on the morning stars is very, very fall. Yeah. Uh, and we've, I've kind of forced this too because I was like, ooh, this sounds like fall. I'm going to play this in fall situations. So when we've been outside, like sitting on the deck and it's getting a little cool out, I'll put that on. When we were driving up to the camping uh, trip this past weekend, I put that on. So I think we're always going to kind of associate this with cooler air, fall feelings. I got another couple for you. Um, the Level Up album. Yeah, yeah. Return yeah, to Love, yeah. is it called? Yep. So we haven't really talked about this on the pod very much, but this is a band that basically sounds like a modern version of Neutral Milk Hotel. I listened to that again today. There's a lot of the cool sort of like over, uh, not like sort of overblown sounding, and that's the wrong word, but it sounds like a speaker's getting blown out mm. because a guitar is just being pumped through it at too high a volume. Yep. It has that sound to it, and it has that kind of like acoustic slash rock feel to it. Yep. Another one that is transcending late summer and into fall for me is um, uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean. Yes, yes, absolutely. A lot of the sounds on that because it's so sparse and it's so sort of like, uh, I don't know, just very, I feel like it's sort of contemplative music. It's very like vocal heavy, a lot of like big sort of amorphous melodies on there. Um, and just sort of nice sounds. I feel like that that's up there. Too. Totally agree, though. Yep, those are those are two for me as well. Let's round out the episode, Jake, by talking about some of our favorite fall albums of all time that have come out previously. One that I know is on both of our lists that I just mentioned was Sun Kill Moon, Benji. That came out two years ago. Well, it came out early 2014. Yeah, almost three years now. And we didn't get into it until the end of 2014. It was around October, November. Yep. We got into it, and I just have a distinct memory or memories of going for walks outside with, like, crunchy leaves all around, and then, like, being in my apartment at the time and, like, taking, like, hot, a hot shower while mm-hmm. listening to uh, I watched the film A Song Remains the Same, and, like, just those, those finger-picked guitars and those chords that come in on Carissa. Every time I hear those now... I always associate it with that time and a place, and it's always going to be an autumn album for yeah, me. Yeah, and in, in in the vein of like a Nick Cave, Mark Kozlik's deep voice, the lyrics that are all about death. Thank you. Yep. All about like sort of family, and like he's trying to get closer together. He's going to go see, go and give and get some hugs. Oh. Like I don't know, it's just a perfect soundtrack to this. I'm going to go listen to that yeah. after this yeah. show. I might too. Another for me. This dates back a little while, and this is going to be on both of our lists too, is The Wild Hunt by The Tallest yep, Man on Earth. absolutely. That's, um, that's an 18-year-old Us album. Yeah. I, I Just got, starting to discover ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. With help from Christian Matson. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite of the sort of new, age, new wave of folk 
people, artists, albums. Um, it's my favorite album by the tallest man on earth. And I got into it during the fall of, I guess it would be 2010. 2010 for um, both of us, that's right. And it was the perfect soundtrack to just like how I, that was like my first year in college, some weird shit going on. I yep. think it's just a transition, weird, a transitional transition. time, a liminal time. That's and right. And it, it sort of perfectly soundtracked that the, the, and it helps that it starts off with a, a song where the lyric is, I'll be leaving in the fall. That's right. And there's all those lyrics That's about, right. it, I don't know, I just, I, in the words, kids on the run, those yeah. lyrics, yep. it just fits so perfectly yep. for that. I got season. another one for you that's on both of our lists, and this was around that same time, it was that 2010 uh, time frame, was, it's Fleet Fox's first album. Yep. That's when we got into that one. I mean, if you want to talk about albums that just sound like fall and nature and being outside during that time... Fleet Fox is self-titled is one of them. I got a quick distinction for you, and I wonder if this makes any sense to you. That is an early fall album, right? Not late. For me, it feels like end of summer, yes. early fall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. That, again, there's certain albums that are you can distinguish that way. I think Fleet Foxes is an example of that's August to September, and then I think Sun Kill Moon is one that's like late October that's into November. I feel like The Wild Hunt is deep heart of October the wild hunt yeah Fleet yeah, yeah. foxes is like for me it's like September even late August and like the beginning of October here's here's how I'm realizing now this probably makes no this, sense this to is listeners. insane to yeah. listeners but here's here's how you structure it if you want perfect listening with these you go Fleet foxes August to, to September summer. you go wild hunt in the when it's just starting to get cold yep. and into the mid part of October mid to late October you go sun kill moon when shit's starting to die and it's yep. starting to be really cold. Yeah. And it brings you into November. It brings you to like Thanksgiving is Sun Kill Moon. And then yep. you transition to to uh winter albums, which we'll talk about at a later date. We will. Um I'm glad that that distinction made sense to you because I wrote in my list, I wrote Fleet Fox's first album, parentheses Makes a ton of end sense. of summer slash early fall. Makes a ton of sense. And, but you know what? Another part of it is that's when I got into it. For someone else who listens to this at the end of winter, early spring, it might that's somehow feel like exactly. that that's crazy to me. Right. <laughs> but right. Um, I could see that being a spring album sure, for people. Yeah. yeah. It feels like nature. It's nature. So, no matter where when you're listening to it, if you're doing stuff outside I think the sum the the summer is its least apt like sort June. of season. Yeah, but end of summer somehow the feeling of like winding down, the feeling of cooling off. Songs like Metal Larks and Oliver James remind me of sitting outside on a night that's like you're just starting to get yes. a hint of that coolness. Yes. It's yes. like it's like September Fifth or something, yes. August 29th. <laughs> yes, and you're sitting outside, yes. and it's just Sean's a, newly 24. Yes, yeah. and it's just a little cool out, and you're like, "Ooh, fall is around the corner." Yes, I hope listeners uh, tweet to us and let us know if this makes any sense. <laughs> I hope it does because I hope it does. Th- this these are very real distinctions yes. to me. But like yeah. a matter of weeks, I, uh, different <laughs> albums fit better. Uh, tweet at Listening Pod. Let us know if we're insane. <laughs> We are. The answer is yes. We, we are. are insane. Here's another one. Here's another one for you. That is that end of the summer, early fall for me. It's the suburbs by Arcade Fire. This is an album where I got it. It came out towards the end of August. Yeah. Uh, got into it then. It carried its way through the rest of September and into October. So it's always kind of that era for me. I have a feeling that. This is going to be one of those albums that in, maybe even right now, but definitely maybe in like five years, is one that I I maybe can't, just can't go back to. And, really? And like, because it, it will mean, it'll be such a time and place thing. Because of where you were in your life. It will never have the same effect that it had on me then. And I'll only think back and be like, wow, that's where you were when you were listening to this. You don't really want to revisit it. I. I think this is something that will happen as we get older. There's going to be certain things that we just... We don't want to go and revisit as we start to listen to more and more. I talked to one of my friends, Ian, big friend of the pod, at, at work, who's been a guest on this show. Big friend of the pod. And he was talking to me about Radiohead, and he's like, there's just, I can't go back and listen to OK Computer. There's too much baggage. There's too much. That makes you know, sense. I feel like The Suburbs is one where, even if I listen right now, I feel like, I'd be like, I don't, no, I don't have the same connection to it. I love it. When is the last time you listened all the way through to The Suburbs? It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while, and I know for a fact that if I do listen through again, it's not going to have the same effect. Yeah, uh, I just know where I was at at that point in my life. 
I don't know. I think it's going to be one that I always associate with that time, that early to late, late summer, early fall. It might just be one where I got to say that meant a lot then. I'm going to leave it alone. I think that that's an emotionally mature decision on your part. I have another for you. Um, This comes from last fall. I got really into Modern Baseball's Perfect Cast EP. Um, So we've been talking about this whenever we listen to this. This EP has a different sound from any other era of Modern Baseball. It sounds very different than sports. It sounds different than the previous album, which was um, You're Gonna Miss It All. And it sounds very different from Holy Ghost. There's There's a certain sound, I would say especially on Brendan's songs, but also on Jake's, that is just very different than anything they ever did after this. This? Or before. I think with a little context, I can look back and I can say this is my favorite version of modern baseball. Wow, yeah, interesting. We were camping this past weekend. This came on late at night. Yeah. We were, you know, feeling some things. And this, uh, I think, uh, what was it, And Beyond came on. One of those, yeah. Emotionally resonant experience for me. And we were talking. I was like, Jake, something about this just sounds so different. and really connects with me more than almost anything else that they do. Totally agree. Very time and a place thing. Yeah. It's got a certain feeling to it. it Love it, it. It reminds me so hard of, of last fall. Yep. Specifically last year and like... The, literally this time of year last year, maybe yeah. even a week later, maybe like it was a little bit later. It third was third week in October. Yeah, yeah, it was a little um, later. Yeah, and it reminds me of it like being a little cooler, being outside, feeling that cool air, and just the melodies on this thing. And I feel like something about the tone of this album complements Fall Well. And Very I, much. again, that could be just a time and place thing for yep. me. That could be that's when I heard it. But I, I there's something about this. There's in some ways it's a bigger sound, but that's not even close to an apt description. It's not quite. That's not quite um, specific enough. Something about the sound they're doing on this on this EP is just I don't know. They never have really quite recreated it. No, no. Um, Some of their best songs too. Yeah. The uh, Thrash Particle, Waterboy Returns, and Beyond. Yeah, Alpha Kappa Falls. I mean, you can't go wrong with any song on there. Uh, my last one here for you. It's kind of a collection. It's the National. It's two of their albums, Alligator and High Violet. Mm-hmm. So I got into the National back. It was also in 2010. I got introduced to them by our friend Bill, big friend of the pod. Uh, big friend of the pod. He played us High Violet in the car. It was we were coming back from Pumpkin Fest in Keene. Oh wow! He played High Violet. I remember hearing Sorrow. I was like, this is this is my shit. This is awesome. Uh, and it was love ever since with them. I got into Alligator shortly thereafter. Still your favorite band? Still my say? favorite band, I would say. Even though I don't listen to them as much as I once did, they're still, they mean so much to me. These two albums, you know, if I listen to them in the right context, it's it's very fall to me. They were a slower burn for me, uh, but I've come, I've, actually it's been a couple of years now that I've been in full-blown love mode with the National. Mm-hmm. Love their music. I High Violet of those two is the more fall for me, I think. I don't remember. I want to say, and this is probably enough to make you sick, but they, these, the National might even be a spring band for me. That, oh, that might that's even, crazy, that might, even, that might have even been when I got into that's them. That's crazy. I feel like See, and that's a perfect example of this is all just time and place for yeah. whoever you might be. Like, it doesn't matter what we fucking say is our favorite fall album. It's whenever you listen to these. Yeah, and I think what it is is we're like it just sounds perfect. It's like yeah, guys, to you, it's that's you, when you selfish prick. To it. Yeah, but anyways, I, I will agree. The national, in general, objectively, is more of a fall sound. Yeah, and I, yeah, I yeah. think of these two, High Violet is the one that I've listened to more in the fall. My last one um, is a Pavement album, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, which is Don't. my. F- don't get me started on pavement. I won't. I, I'm just going to talk about pavement. Okay, good. Um, sorry. I, I hijacked. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, this is my favorite album by then. I like it. Them. I like it significantly more than Slanted and Enchanted. Um, this has just some of my favorite songs by pavement. I got into it at the right time last year in the fall where I decided I needed to give pavement another chance. And it, it took for me, this album especially, um, songs like uh, Stop Breathing. Uh, Silence Kid I like so many songs on this record and I just feel like again and we've said this about all of these it has that indescribable what do you have going there? Uh, Low Battery 10% Ah Low Battery Um, (laughs) that feel where it just for me means fall so yeah love that record Awesome Awesome I you know listeners long time listeners know my feelings on Pavement Yeah why don't you remind us Uh, Not the biggest fan 
they deserve another shot from me. I'll uh, keep it diplomatic there. Okay, yeah, that's very diplomatic. Yeah, I know. Compared to your previous takes, <laughs> my hot, which, hot takes. which were like, Jake is a is subhuman for liking this band <laughs> that like thousands of people like and respect. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, just trying to create content. You just honestly, we're just spinsters. We're just in the business of creating debate out of nothing. We're like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, R.I.P. Because they're not a duo anymore. We still are. Right. So who won that war? We did. We did. And with way hotter takes. That's right. That's absolutely gun, false. Gun barrel hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> barrel fire. Barrel fire takes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, so there's our fall albums for you. Our fall music. Tweet at Listen in Pod if you have um, any albums that you think um, sort of fit in with the the fall aesthetic, the fall vibe. Also, tweet at Listen in Pod if you live in a region where you don't have fall. If you don't know what leaves changing color means, because what let we'll us know. what we'll do, tweet at us and we'll send you some pictures of just like our backyard, because it's gorgeous. It's an amazing time of year. That's right. That's right. We will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. topics in 25 minutes 20 minutes for the last stuff okay we're recording that was a little bit of uh some genuine sound bite that you just heard from sean oh that's some planning some game talk that's you some know, planning yeah, that people just heard planning. strategy let i was gonna ask you something uh for this because the whole we want to keep things tight compact we've had like 20 minute pre-shows mm-hmm. the last few episodes i mean no one has to listen to them but that's it's true data but, if you're but it looks like the episodes are longer than they actually are. And they're like, oh, cool, there's like 90 minutes of them t- just shooting the shit out. Right. Right. So it looks like you're like, oh, uh, Beatles talk. Cool. Oh, wait, 20 minutes of that is them talking about like... Catholic school. Back to football. You know? <laughs> so... Oh, so that's what I want to talk about. Dude, how bad is the NFL product now? It's bad. It's shit, right? Yeah, there's like four good teams and thankfully our team is one of the good ones. I don't even consider watching Thursday or Monday Night Football anymore. I sometimes do. The thing is with um, the Patriots, if, if I weren't a Pats fan, I don't know if I'd watch. Like, why? There's so many shitty teams. No. If you're a Jags fan, first of all, why? Right. Then that's it. That's actually my... There, there's no second of <laughs> That's it. Question. Yeah. Would you rather watch MLB playoffs or like a Monday or Thursday night game? Knowing that the Monday and Thursday night games are always kind of shit. MLB playoffs. Yes. Without a doubt. Would you rather watch the Celtics preseason basketball game or the Chargers and Jaguars? uh, Celtics preseason. Me too. Me too. I'm more interested. Me too. In the Celtics. Me too. That is such a wild reversal of where I was at like three years ago. It's a bigger departure for you than it is for me. I think... Like I've been like pretty steady as a f- like football fan. I feel like your peaks were h- much higher than yes. mine. Yes. Yep. I I was like a pretty big Pats fan, but there were years where you watched like every single game. I like, did. I wouldn't like consider doing anything on Sundays besides watching football. Right. And now I'm like, if I happen to watch the Patriots, like okay, but then I don't watch anything. Have else, you not really. been watching the Patriots? No, I have. I've watched. I watched every game. Well, I fell asleep during the Bills game, but you didn't miss a single thing. I watched everything. I've watched. You missed them else. just like struggle to score with Brissett. At yeah, the end. I've watched everything else, uh, I, and I I'll, I'll always kind of make an effort to. But yeah, I enjoy um, watching the Pats. I don't really watch anything. It's else. good football. They play well, and they yeah. just like beat the piss out of teams. Right, right. They're just like better than everyone except the Bills. NFL product, game. though. Bottom line is shit. It's pretty now. bad. It's only going to get worse. What what prime athletes who are young are going to go into football? None. No, if you're smart, none. Why would you? What like if you are if you know growing up your kids athletic why get them into football? No, you're gonna have them play basketball or whatever or soccer. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, anything but football. Yeah, seriously, I don't, I don't get it. Anyways, NFL shit ratings are down. Uh, Over listening on- podcast, you know, Jake. Uh, just saying, but NFL ratings are down. Listening podcast. We had over a hundred listens to the Bonnie Bear podcast. So. Tell you what, you know what I think is happening. Correlation or causation? I, well, well, I think it's a bit of both because I think what what you're seeing is, um, and this is based on 
um, no research, but I think we took a sizable chunk out of that market oh, we're share. we're taking a big bite. You know what it is? Wolf pa- the wolf's den's coming. We, we're always hungry. We're always hungry. We're always ready to feed. It didn't, it didn't help their already shaky Thursday night ratings that our show happens to get released Thursdays. Because people are out there... Like Christmas morning. That's right. They're, oh, sorry, Christmas Eve night. They're out there with bated breath. They're like listening right. for Santa Claus. Like when is the listening pod gonna drop? And what I imagine people just holding their phone, refreshing, constantly refreshing, refreshing their, their podcast feed. feed. And what the people, game might be on in the background. What people are that's exactly what it is. It's like on Christmas Eve when they put on like shitty Christmas movies. Yeah, you're getting the ratings for it. It's not an attentive audience though no. because they're like I you know I'm with my family I'm waiting I'm for tomorrow presents. morning I'm waiting for the main event you're just kind of wetting my appetite a little wetting bit wetting my beak which is wet the beak a little <laughs> Yeah well I think you know the, you heard it here first listening podcast is uh has waged a waged <laughs> listen we've waged a ratings war against the NFL I honestly think we can go head to head against Thursday night and win We've taken a chunk already. It's only a matter of time before we have a lion's share of the viewing audience. That's right. You know, if you say to me, Jake, Thursday Night Football's ratings are down. On Whose ratings are up? Whose ratings Ours. are up on Thursdays? Ours. I don't need any shred that's, of evidence. That's correlation right there, man. That's, that's, that's causation. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's proof, actually. That's the burden right. of proof is on them now. <laughs> to prove we're not taking audiences. So we said we are going to keep this short. And Instead, we plunged into maybe the depths of our insanity. Yes. Because none of that made yeah. a fucking shred of sense. No, no. Back to football. Uh, all right. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Right. Great Pat show. Great show coming. Great show. Let's get huge. Okay. Ready? Three. Mm-hmm. Wolfpack. Two. Wait, this is episode forty-six, right? No, I think this is forty-five. Uh, no, because we counted. I'm gonna just hop on SoundCloud. Okay, because we really counted quick. both the Beatles ones as forty-four, 44. and forty-five, which I is think. good because it was like three full hours. A couple, content. just just padding the content stats. Yeah. That was forty-five. You're okay, right. so, right. so we're so up to forty-six. 46. You episode were right. 46. My okay. uh, my okay. bad. Okay, got to give the people what they want. Jalen Rose. All right, ready? Thanks, Prem Team. Th- Prem Team. Three, two, one.